Exodus chapter 33 from verse 14 to 15 three dimensions of the presence of God Exodus chapter 33 from subsection 14 to 15 three dimensions of the presence of God that's what I'm going to talk about this afternoon and I pray that God may give me power to give a proper theological exercises as I expostulate his mind to the body of Christ. Jesus Christ saw the disciples, they were sitting down and they had nowhere to go and said, I will never send them back home fasting. So this afternoon, I'm not going to send you back home fasting, but I'm going to do justice to the word of God. Are we there? Can somebody read Exodus chapter 33 from 14 to 15? Exodus 33 from 14 to 15. Yes. And he said, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Thus, uh, Moses was speaking to God. It was a conversation between divinity and humanity. That was the conversation between Moses and his God where they were coming from Egypt, the backdrop of the whole story is that these people are coming from Egypt from a difficult time for 430 years. They were under the persecution and the prosecution of the pharaohs. Ramesses the first came and he went and the, the Ramesses the second came and uh, that particular time God now had heard their prayers and seen their affliction as he said unto Moses when most saw the burning bush that I have heard the crying of my people and I've seen their affliction, which simply shows us that when God is moving among humanity, before he moves, he must hear something. Then after he hears something, he must see. So these are two dimensions in which God operates with humanity, which simply means that as long and unless God hears you or your prayer and sees your commitment, you will never move. So he said unto Moses, I've heard the crying of my people and I've seen their affliction. Now I've come down that I may deliver them. Then Moses is saying unto God, unless and until your presence goes with us, we are not going to go. Forbid us from not going. Which simply means that they are going to Canaan, they were not going to be sent by men's ability, men's capability, by their own power. But it was the presence of God that was going to send them to Egypt. Which means that when God is coming to humanity and when God is moving, he does not move like men, but he moves through his presence. When God is speaking to men, he does not speak like men, but he speaks through his presence. When God is visiting humanity, does not visit like men, but he visits with his presence. When God is doing a work in your days, he does not just do it like an architect, but he does it through his presence. And when God is lifting his people, he does not just lift people by raising you up and uh, picking you up, but he uses his presence to raise you up. When God is healing people, he heals them through his presence. Our scientists and medical doctors, they use different uh, pills and medications to deal with humanity. But when God is dealing with humanity, he deals with humanity through his presence. So the three dimensions of God's presence, the first dimension 
It's called His Omnipresence. Somebody shout Omnipresence. Omnipresence. I don't hear you preach with me. Somebody shout Omnipresence. Omnipresence. That's the first dimension of God's presence. His ability to be everywhere at the same time. So God has shared a lot of his abilities with humanity. He has shared authority when he said unto his disciples, all authority and power has been given unto you. And he gave us his image for free. He gave us his likeness. But when it comes to his omnipresence, ability and capability, he did not share that ability with humanity. That's why it's only God who can be here in Pretoria at the same time. He can be in Johannesburg at the same time. He can be in Deben at the same time. He can be in, uh, in Cape Town at the same time. He can be in Blomfontein in Velcom at the same time. He can be in Francistown in Capron at the same time. He can be in Swaziland, Mancini. He can be in Harare, Zimbabwe. He can be in New York, America. He can be in London, United Kingdom. He can be in Moscow, Russia. He can be in, in India, in Delhi. He can be everywhere at this particular time. Like right now, as we are speaking, his omnipresence is here. He's here. And at your workplace, is there as well. At your house, even if you have locked it, he's there. Because that's his ability to be everywhere at the same time. He can be in a train. He can be in a, an aeroplane. He can be in your car. He can be, so this presence is not limited by a person's spirituality. It's not limited by a person's capability or proficiency. He can be anywhere. Which simply means that he is even in the houses of witches. He is in the houses of necromancers. He can be in, in a tavern. He can be in a pub. He can be in a, 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 a place where spiritists and sangomas are gathered at the right particular time but he does not show himself that is there. So even at the workplace, when you're at the workplace, even in your business, his omnipresence is always there, but it does not manifest uh, because it's his ability to be everywhere at some particular time. He can be under the waters where the fishes are and the aquatic plants are, he can be there because that's one of his nature. Omnipresence, somebody shout omnipresence. omnipresence. That's why David, the psalmist, he said, Wake and I hide from your presence. If I go to the Hades, the place of the dead, you are there. That Psalms 139 to just give you a context of that, um, that uh, chapter and, and verses 139 of Psalms 1. The Bible says, Oh Lord, you have searched me thoroughly. And you have known me, that's David. Number two, you know my down sitting and my uprising. You understand my thoughts afar off. That's his omnipresence, ability, and nature of God. Number three, uh, David said that you sift and search out my path and my lying down, and you are acquainted with all my ways. Four of 139, he said, For there is not a word in my tongue, still unuttered but behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. And number five, David said, You have beset me and shut me behind and before, and you have laid your hand upon me. You, your infinite knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high above. I cannot reach it. Seven of 139, where could I go from your presence, or where could I flee from your presence? 
Number eight, if I ascend up into heaven, you are there, your presence is talking about God's presence. If I make my bed in Sheol or in Hades, the place of the dead, behold, you are there. Nine, if I take the wings of the morning or dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, and if I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the night shall be upon me, you are the light about me. Number 12, even the darkness hides nothing from you, from the presence of God, but the night shines as the day, the darkness and the light are both alike to you. So David is saying that when it comes to the presence of God, when a person is got the presence of God, no darkness can be darker to you. Darkness becomes light because of the presence of God. Are we together? Uh, darkness, anything that is diabolical, becomes uh, your favor. That's why uh, Apostle Paul said, everything works for good to them that love the Lord and those that are called according to the knowledge of God. Which simply means that if the presence of God is in my life, poverty will not put me down, it will not destroy me, but it will work for my favor. Instead of me languishing in the limbo of poverty, I'll start to accrue knowledge. Every situation that you find yourself in, don't look on the excruciating part of the situation, but you must glean wisdom and knowledge and try to find out what is it that God is trying to communicate to me. That's why when you are looking at when there's darkness in your life, don't only see darkness, look for the stars that are within the darkness. When it's raining heavily upon your life with the diabolical and demonic situations, don't just look on the rains that are raining on you, look on the, on, on the rainbow. Because when it's raining heavily, there's always a rainbow. When it's dark, there's always stars that are there. So David is saying, for you did form my inward parts, you did knit me together in my mother's womb. Number 14, I'll confess and praise you for you are fearful and wonderful and for the awful wonder of my death. Wonderful are your works and that my inner self knows right well. So it is the presence of God now that was busy constructing. Uh, God was like an architect constructing the inward part of deity but using his presence. So the only presence of God it's a dimension that is given unto all. It has been given as a privilege to the people even that you had. Your enemies has got the ability to access the only presence of God. The people that are bewitching you have got the ability to access the only presence of God. But the only presence of God is not actuated and it's not activated. It's always domicile and dominating. God can be here and decides to be quiet. God can be working with you from January to December and decides to be quiet. Why? Because it's his only presence. And the only presence of God does nothing to humanity or to a child of God. You need to engage another dimension which we are going to delve in. So if you are a child of God who operates under the only presence of God, you are not going to actualize your potential you are not going to work with possibilities. You are not going to have a competitive advantage over the devil. A lot of us, we have got the only presence of God. When I come to the house of God, I come out with the only presence of God. When I read the word, 
the only presence of God appears unto me because when I'm reading the word of God, it's like a spiritual osmosis where I'm uptaking the power and the presence of God. When you listen to sermons, there is the only presence of God that operates through listening to a ceremony. So that presence of God alone, it will do nothing to you. It can only lead you to paths that are righteous. The Bible says the paths of a righteous man or woman are guided by God. So this presence is the presence that took Israel from Egypt and it walked with the Israel from Egypt to Sekothi, from Sekoth to Padan Aran, from Padan Aran to Kadesh Banya, from Kadesh Banya to the wilderness sea, from the wilderness of sin to other wilderness that they passed in until they crossed over the Red Sea, from the Red Sea to the Jordan, from Jordan to Canaan. But from the omnipresence dimension of God, the second dimension is what I'll call his Emmanuel dimension, God with us. Some shout Emmanuel. Emmanuel. I don't hear you. Emmanuel. Shout Emmanuel. Emmanuel. That's the uh, Emmanuel dimension of God, God with us. Where God makes sure and ensures that you will know that he is with you. The Bible says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I shall be there. That's the Emmanuel dimension of God. And this Emmanuel dimension is the only, the same dimension that was prophesied by Isaiah. Isaiah said, therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Somebody shout a sign. Behold, the young woman who is unmarried and a virgin shall conceive and be a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. That's Isaiah 7 verse 14. So that's the dimension where you say God is with us. He ensures that he becomes your personal uh, testimony. He becomes not a corporate God. Because when we are coming to the house of God, we are meeting two types of gods. There is a God that is corporate. That is the God of action chapter. And there is a God that is personal. That is the God of pride. So you must access both gods for your life to move with power and precision. You don't have only to be a victim of a corporate God. That is the only presence, uh, ability, or glory of God. But you must transitionalize from achieving or from hearing from the omnipresence of God. Then you get to God with us, to a manual dimension, where you know that God is with us. That when you preach, when you testify, you testify like Peter, that which we have seen, which we have heard, and that which you have touched of the gospel of power, that's what I'm going to teach you. So if I'm going to go to my family members and I talk to them about the only presence, God, they are not going to believe me much because he is everywhere. But when I am now going to testify and tell them about the Emmanuel, God with me, Emmanuel, God with me, is not only believed spiritually, he's the same God now who says, uh, whose Apostle Paul says that, I thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus, who blesses us with the spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So this Emmanuel dimension is a dimension whereby uh, your God is now seen from outside. It's not only you who is feeling that I have got a God, but your, your, your life will start to exude that type of a God. 
Your life will start to preach that God. What you drive, it preaches that God. The house that you'll be owning, it preaches that God. How you dress yourself, it preaches that God. The money that you have in your account, it preaches that God. He is a man of God with us. He is the God that even when your brothers and sisters look at him, they will say, who is this God that you worship? We want that same God. So people will start now to, to come to you, asking for the same God that you believed in. Emmanuel. Somebody shout Emmanuel. I don't hear shout Emmanuel. So number three, third dimension, which is the last dimension, is what I call the, the Shekinah dimension of his presence. Somebody shout Shekinah. I don't hear you. So that's the third dimension of the presence of God. He does not just come when it comes to Shekinah. He comes and ensures that people know that he is there. So when he comes through the Shekinah, he does not just come and disappears, but he ensures that you know that he was here. So that when you leave the place or the house of God, you say, God was with us. You will not even need anyone to tell you, even your pastor will not tell you, but you will know that no God was here. If it means he's gonna touch your shoulder, you will feel him touching your shoulder. If it means that he's gonna whisper in your ears, he will whisper in your ear. You will even go back. There was a time when we were still uh, on fire for God as young people. We could gather and pray and pray because we had that eager and desire and passion to know God in the kind of dimension, we could pray for more than four hours, nine hours, 12 hours. So sometimes when we are praying, we are praying, the Holy Spirit could release tongues upon our lives. Then we'll start to speak in tongues. As we'll be speaking in tongues, as we'll be speaking in tongues, we'll try now to stop and say, we wanna go back home. We could not stop speaking in tongues. Some of the young guys and young girls that will be carried home, can continue speaking in tongues. You know, we, we will end up being called by their parents and say, what have you done to my daughter or to my child? Because they can't stop according to the Shekinah dimension. I want to prophesy this afternoon. Let God show himself unto you in his Shekinah dimension. So, so this one, this Shekinah dimension is where I'm going to spend a little bit of time. This kind of dimension you don't just get it by default or by being a member of a church it is a reward for insisting that his patterns are kept so this kind of dimension cannot just be given to humanity but it's given as a reward for insisting that his patterns are kept his doctrines are kept his principles are kept when i keep the principles of god Every principle that is godly, when I keep them, the Shekinah glory is given unto me as a reward by God. So, I myself as a preacher, I can know to what degree you are when you keep the patterns of God and by the dimensions and the fulgence of the glory that is upon your life. So I can simply know the dimension that you're operating, and I can know the level where you're operating by the dimension and the fulgence of God's glory upon your life. Are, 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 are we together? So there must be a glory and a fulgence of God's power through the Shekinah glory of God. This one, a lot of people will miss it because we don't insist, we don't call like that woman who the Bible says there was an elderly woman 
who went to a king and started now to ask the king so that the king may hear his story. The Bible says this woman, she had money and she had a property and people took things from her. And she went to the king and said, king, there are people who took things from me. And the king, the Bible says, the king did not fear God. And the king could always refuse to help this woman. But because of your insistence, the Bible said, the king said, if I refuse and I don't deal with this woman, this woman, she's going to wear me and she's going to kill me young. I will better deal with the issue of this woman so that she may stop coming. So that's insistence. So she was rewarded based on your insistence. So there are things in the power of God that is not just going to come to humanity because it's supposed to come. You must insist. You must knock. You must push. You must travel for you to get a blessing. You must uh, call unto God. As he said unto the book of Isaiah, that call unto me and I shall hear, knock and I shall open the door. So this uh, dimension, you need to seek him. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all these things will be added upon life. So you have to seek for it, for it to be revealed unto you. It will not just be revealed by default. Come on, somebody shout amen. amen. It will not be revealed unto you because of your sentiments or your emotions. It will not be revealed unto you because of your uh, position in the church. It will not be revealed unto you because of, 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 of your, uh, your, your, your being good and being uh, intelligent, but you need to insist so that it may be given unto you. The Bible says, seek God and you find him. So this dimension you must seek. Come on, someone shout, I will seek the Lord. Come on, someone shout, I will seek the Lord. So this dimension you must seek him. Glory to Jesus. In this dimension, again, you can only get it when you ask it. The Bible says, ask and it shall be given unto you. So you got to ask God for this dimension, like what Moses said unto God, that let your presence go with us. If your presence does not go with us, oh God, forbid us, we are not going to go. So you must ask for this dimension that is called Shekinah dimension. So you must continue to insist, not because you, uh, you, you, you don't know how to pray, but insistence, it means you need that thing to happen in your life. Come on, somebody shout amen. amen. I don't tell you shout amen. amen. So the glory of God has got a size that will not change and it will never change. Until your alignment creates that change, the glory will not rest upon life. Your assignment now is through the sacrifice of alignment. You need now to align yourself according to the grace and the principles of God so that that glory, the Shekinah presence and the Shekinah glory of God may rest upon you. So you align yourself, you kill yourself like what Apostle Paul says that I die every day. So the more I die every day, I don't just die, there's a reward that comes to me. So when you die unto the Lord, you are a more than a position that makes God feel at home where it's no longer now it's uh, when he's in his throne and when he's in you there are two different places but when the glory of God is in my life like David who said oh God arise and dwell upon your particular place or in your temple which simply means that when the glory of God is upon my life 
God can leave his throne and start to dwell upon you as a temple and there will be no difference between his throne and you. Why? Because you have created a shape and you have created a place for his glory. So when God is coming to humanity and dwell upon humanity, he does not dwell upon your intellect. He does not dwell upon your spirituality. He, he dwells upon his glory. So when the glory of God comes down, that's why the Bible says, after Solomon uh, constructed the house and the temple of God, he prayed unto God and dedicated the temple unto God. When he dedicated the temple unto God, the Bible says the glory of God came down. That the Shekinah, then the fire of God came. So what precedes the glory of God is fire. Fire, it signifies the presence of God. So it simply means that when I pray, I'm creating a dimension in me. Come on, somebody shout dimension. I don't tell you, I, in some sort, I created a dimension. I created a dimension. So that's why David said, Now arise, O God, and come not to your temple, but to your resting place. Which simply means that I will become the resting place of God. So there will be no difference between the throne and me. I will become one. Ah, come on, somebody. After this preaching, I prophesy, let your life be a throne that creates a resting place for God through the glory that is in God. So we have got now different opinions uh, about the different dimensions of God in our, our walks of life with, with God. And when a person wants the glory of God and to see the power of God, we have got questions. How do I uh, exhibit the power? How do I see the glory of God? These are the questions that a lot of people have. And when we answer people, we always say, pray, you get the glory of God. We always say fast, you get the glory of God. We always say insist, uh, uh, you get the glory of God. Worship him, you get the glory of God. And all these fabrications they, 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 that comes to us, sometimes they disappoint. Why? Because you pray. You pray for the glory of God and the glory does not come. You fast for the glory of God and the glory does not come. You worship and the glory does not come. You try to do everything that you can do, but it seems like the glory is not coming. So it's very now dangerous as a child of God. I want you to put a pin on this. It's very dangerous to have failure for a long time. It will lead you now to create a theology around your limitation. You must not fail for a long time. If you are going to fail, you must only fail for a short period of time. Because if I fail for a long time, I create a theology based on my failures. Then I will start now to mentor people or others on the standpoint of my frustration. Because I could not speak in tongues, I will mentor everyone that comes to me and say that tongues are not that important. Why? Because I matter in you according to my already standpoint of my frustration. I try to prophesy, but I can't prophesy. And I'll tell you that it's focus, focus. There's nothing like prophecy. And you to say, man of God, I want to know more about spiritual gifts because I failed to access and to, 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 to have the power to access the gift of the spirit and to have that intelligence that can give me sustenance to access the power of God. I will tell you that these gifts of the spirit, they were for the apostles, they are not for our dispensation. So it's very, very dangerous as a child of God to have failures in life. You know, whenever you pray to God, 
Pray that you may be a victor in everything that you do. Pray that you may access the power of the Holy Ghost. You pray that God may prosper you in your dispensation. That's why there are preachers who failed to prosper in their time in the ministry, who, who failed to buy houses and cars. So when they see other people, ministers that are driving beautiful cars, they always tell you that these are using juju. Why? Because they are now mental people at the standpoint of frustration. When as a man of God you thought to build houses, when you see other people that are building houses, you will not credit that unto God, you will credit that unto the devil. Why? Because you are mental people out of frustration, even as a child of God. When you come to the house of God, insist that God gives you that which you want. Because when you pray, to God and say, God, deliver me from this uh, difficult situation. Take me out from this hole that the devil has plunged me. And God does not take you out from that hole. When somebody is in a hole and he wants to try to come out, you tell them that walls are meant for people to die there. You will never get out from that hole. Why? Because you are mentoring people at the standpoint of your frustration. Are we together, child of God? Some of us shout Shekinah glory. glory. I said Shekinah glory. So in your Christian experience, you must catch different dimensions of God. You must catch the only trusted dimension of God. You must catch the Emmanuel dimension. You must capture again the Shekinah dimension so that when now you mentor people, you mentor people at a white pedestrian, you mentor people not at a frustration pedestrian, but at a better frustration. It is why services like this, they are designed now to expand our spiritual horizon. Somebody shout, I'm being expanded. I'm being expanded. To a point where you access spiritual possibilities that are beyond your current experiences. So when you come on Sunday and we preach, what we are trying to do, we are trying to expand your spiritual horizon so that you may start to access spiritual possibilities that are beyond your current experiences. When I'm experiencing difficulties today, next year, I will not be in a position to mentor people better. Why? Because I've experienced the bad side of life. But when you access spiritual possibilities, there are dimensions that are opened unto you. And so we must now humble ourselves now when God is speaking to us to access his mind and his power. That's why the Bible says we receive through meekness. We don't receive the word of God through our intellect. We don't receive through our, our emotions or our sentiments. We don't receive through our fivefold ministry and gifts. We receive through our sentiments. We receive through, again, our meekness. We don't receive with our capabilities and proficiencies. So that when you receive through meekness, meekness, it creates a platform for you to receive the experiences of God. Somebody shout, I'll experience God. John was already in heaven, but the Bible says he was told to come up hither by an angel. He is already in heaven, but the angel is saying unto John, come up hither. And you could ask yourself that if John is already in heaven in the book of Revelation, where was he going to go from that uh, pedestrian? But the angel is saying, you have not seen things that uh, are going to happen. You have seen things that are happening, but we are about to open you to another dimension. I want to prophesy this afternoon. That let God open you to a greater dimension. I prophesy, I said, let God open you to a better dimension. Amen. 
So there is a pattern that is responsible for your access. There is a pattern that is responsible for the fulgence of God's power upon a person. In that pattern, it can open up doors for you. It's a pattern that can make you an extraordinary person in your life. I want to prophesy this afternoon that we are going to become spiritual archaeologists and start to look for those patterns. You know, in the house or in the kingdom of God, there are different patterns that are responsible for different results. If I want to prosper in the kingdom of God, there is a pattern that is responsible for the fulgence of that power of prosperity. If I want to speak in tongues, there is a pattern that I must access that is responsible for the fulgence of that particular power. If I want to see God, there is a pattern that is responsible for that fulgence of power in seeing God. We don't use one pattern, but we use different patterns all together. So there is a pattern that is responsible for someone to become a face of a generation. There is a pattern that is responsible for someone to become a face of God to a civilization. And we must now become spiritual archaeologists to dig down. When you pray, you are not just praying, you are not praying creating capacity, but you are digging down to say, God, show me your patterns. Some short patterns. I told you, short patterns. And Jeremiah said that these patterns, they are there, but they've been closed by the pride of humanity. They've been closed again, these patterns, by the ignorance of our civilization. But he said, these patterns are there. And the psalmist said, Oh God, you are my God. When now we're seeking God, early will I seek you. That means in the dealings of God with men, timing is very important. All time do not produce the same results. The boy Samuel began to seek God early. By the time he would become an adult, none of his words would fall to the ground. So which simply means that timing in the kingdom of God is very important. You need to know where and how to do things when it comes to God. That's why the psalmist says, early will I seek you. So there must be an earliest moment where I seek God. And there must be a time where I work to advance the kingdom of God. Someone shout, kingdom advance. I told you, you shout, kingdom advance. So it matters on the timing of our spiritual uh, giftings because it takes time to know God. And God is jealous each and every time, will not allow him to be reviewed jealously. So it's very, very important as a child of God to know the time to see God and to know the time to get God. Because every time that you come to the house of God, it's not ready for your miracle. So you must be in a process to be sensitive to know that this is my time for my miracle. That's why the prophet Elisha said unto Gehazi, when you went out to ask for a gift from Lamani, uh, you do not go alone, you went with me. Was it the time to take the gift? Which means taking the gift was not wrong, but the timing was wrong. So you must know when to give, you must know when to take, Lord Jesus. And you must know when to seek God, and you must know when to sleep. 
The Bible says one man was asleep. A certain man, he came and he planted chairs upon their garden. So not the time to wake up and not the time to be asleep. How can I prophesy like a faint? I said, can I prophesy like a faint? So God will try to vet your hunger before he shows himself or reveals himself according to his glory. When he says that you are hungry and thirsty for his Jekina glory, that's when he shows himself unto you. And when he says that whatever you are doing in this particular time, it supersedes everything beyond time, he will not come. There are people that before their life gets well, they don't come to the house of God and they don't worship God. But when God is going to show himself unto my life, you will fret my hunger until my hunger supersedes everything that is beyond time. Can I prophesy like a faint? That's why Moses is saying unto God, I'm closing now, that unless and until your presence goes with us, do not allow us to go. So we need the presence of God in the year 2021. If we are going to make it in this year of the pandemic, let the Shekinah glory of God be upon our lives. That's why the Bible tells me about men alive and thirsty. That the ark of God that represents the Shekinah glory of God was captured. When the ark was captured by the Philistines, the Bible says when the ark was captured, Phineas and Hophim, they went unto Eli and they said unto Eli, the ark has been captured. Eli understanding the presence of God. The Bible says he fell backwards and he died. So he simply said that why should I live if the power and the presence of God is not around? I would rather go to hear this if it means that the power and the presence of God is not around. I come to prophesy into life that there is a power that is coming to you this afternoon. This kind of glory of God that is coming to you. When power is over your life, the devil cannot touch you and he cannot take out your life. That's why this, the Bible says when the Philistines took the ark of God, they placed the ark of God in the temple of Dagon. When they placed the ark of God in the temple of Dagon, the Bible says that God was seen falling. Yeah. He had fallen with his face down in the size of respect of the power of God. No witchcraft, no demon can stand against a person who carries the power of God. Yeah. Witches cannot stand you if you carry the presence of God. Yeah. That's why David was saying to God, if you are not going to go with us, permit us not to go. We need your power, we need your presence. We don't need men to lead us, but we need your power. In this time and in this generation, you don't need men to lead your life. You need the power in the presence of God. You need the glory and the power of the Holy Spirit. Can I prophesy like a fit? I got to prophesy to the chapel Pretoria that the power of the Holy Ghost is going to come to your life. I got to speak like Psalms 114. The Bible says when Israel went out of Egypt from a people of a different language, Judah was their sanctuary and Israel was their dominion. The Red Sea saw them and it fled away. Jordan saw them and it turned its back. Mountain they skipped like rams. And Jews they lived like lambs. Can I prophesy like a fish? And the Bible tells 
Sea. The Bible says God said it after the Red Sea. White meant you to change your back on the Red Sea. And the Bible says God said it after Jordan. White meant you to turn your back. And the Bible continues to say that trample or you or you any that the approach of the presence of Yeshua Hamashiach. I carry the power of the Holy Spirit. I carry the grace of the Most High God. So I say there are three dimensions of the presence of God. There is the only presence of God. Why God can be everywhere. He's not limited by space or time. Not limited by witchcraft in my family. He's not limited by my ignorance. He's not limited by the devil. He's everywhere. So children of God, before you came to church today, you let God in your bedroom and he moved with you in your dining room when you're driving and walking to the house of God. Child of God, God was with you so that devil cannot access you. I decree and I declare this afternoon that the devil has been visiting our life when we are sleeping. But God sent me to tell you, child of God, that enough is enough. He's not coming to touch you, he's not going to why? Because you are carrying the presence of God. I don't carry the presence of demons, but I carry the presence of God. I don't carry the presence of poverty, but I carry the presence of prosperity. I decree and I declare upon your life that you are not what people say that you are, but you are what the presence of God says that you are. From the presence, only presence of God. We have got the Emmanuel presence of God, God with us. So God is with you each and every day. He's saying that I ain't gonna leave you, nor forsake you, but I shall be with you. He said, even if you pass through water, I'm gonna pass with you. You can pass through fire, I'm gonna pass with you. That's why they say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want it. He wants me to lie down in green pastures. He gets me in the sight of still waters. He gets me in part of righteousness for his name is second. He though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I fear no evil. For thy act with me, your rod of starvation, it comforts me. Thou prevail and before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my feet with God. You are not my shed with oil. My cup of oppression, goodness, and message shall follow me all the days of my life. I come to prophesy to Solomon. You are like Shadrach, Mishak, and Abednego. You are in fire, and you don't know how you are going to come out of that fire. And the king Nebuchadnezzar has brought an interdict that you must die. And the chief priest, they are saying, You must die. As you are entering the fire, child of God, you don't need to cry. But you got to learn to worship the Lord. Why? Because worship invites the presence of God. So, Shadrach, Mishak, and Abednego, as they were in the fire, they started to say, The Lord is good. And his message endured forever. And they were walking in the fire. There was an atmosphere that was created. Super.
supernatural atmosphere that was created by their worship. As I told you that there are patterns that you must follow if you want the presence of God to come in your life. There is a pattern that is responsible for the focus of the glory and the power of God. The one pattern that I know is worship. So if they were saying that our God is good, this makes us enjoy it forever. The Bible says an atmosphere was created and God came in the fire and started to worship with them. And the Bible tells me that King Nebuchadnezzar and the other guys, they came out to the fire expecting to see ashes. But they saw the three bodies uniting and praising the Lord. And they said, what has happened? God has happened. I come to prophesy into life that your enemies, they thought you are not going to make it today. They wanted to see you deep down six feet. And they are saying, what has happened into life? Your God has happened. The glory has happened. But power has happened. His presence has happened. They thought that you were going to be chastened from that house in front where you are hated. But they are being excited by seeing you in that flat. They are perplexed, distant, and baffled. Seeing you surviving in 2021. When they heard that you have got flu, they thought that is going to take you. Come on, somebody. And they are asking, what has happened? Come on, somebody, such glory. They are asking, what has happened? You got to tell them that power has happened. God has happened. So when Nebuchadnezzar came to the fire, he saw the boys worshiping. They were praising God and said, what has happened? They shouted and said, Worship is happening. And it has got heaven to come. So that it may infect humanity. I got to prophesy into life that divinity is about to kiss humanity. So that you may rise, shout at God. I got to prophesy the power of God upon life. That's why the Bible says that when the enemy comes like a mighty flood, the spirit of the Lord to raise up the standard. Why? Because I carry the glory. So when you're passing through difficulties, you got to expect a standard. When things are not happening in your life, it's a, 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 a situation for a revelation. There is a standard that is about to come in your life. When my enemy comes like a mighty flood, I expect a standard in my life. When my boss is threatening my job, I know that it's a standard that is about to come. When the devil is breathing in my neck, I know that it's a standard that's about to come. That's why God said unto Moses that I have seen the crying of my people and I have seen their affliction and I have heard their calling. Now I've come down that I may deliver them. So when he does not just move, but you got to move God so that he may move. You got to call unto God, and you got to shout 
to pass through places that are rubbish where in a raw area you know that there's a lot of witchcraft that is happening a lot of legal medicine that is happening and you could hear someone saying my leg is swelling because I was promised by a certain woman or a certain man that stays beyond the river she said she's going to wait for me where I'm going to step she will take uh, the the same way I stepped, and she's going to speak uh, difficulties and speak, you know, uh, incantations against me. And I thought that she was laughing, and she was laughing. I did not know that there is a spiritual world, and that it taught me to understand that if God is omnipresence and His presence is everywhere, let God protect our lives. Let him protect you in what way. Some people, they take our clothes and they use our clothes against our lives. You know, sometimes when you lose your, your clothes or your, your, your brow, your blouse and your t-shirt, your socks, you know, you don't have to just take it like you. You must know that there is something fish and happening. People, they use points of conduct to deal with people. But you want to pray this afternoon that let the presence of God be with me. What I wear, it must carry the presence of God. Amen. The Bible says the clothes and the handkerchiefs of Peter, it carried the power and the presence of God, which means nothing about you is going to be tempered with by the devil. Amen. I say it is not going to be tempered with. Some people, you know, some devils, they have tricks. I saw a certain guy when I was in a certain place called Well in Sin. And uh, uh, this side of his hair was cut 
And we asked him what transpired and he said, I don't know what transpired. I was asleep and I woke up and this whole part was cut. Until we had to accept the intelligence of God spiritually and we understood that someone entered through the window and which and he had to cut the hair and took the hair to use it for witchcraft. And he was saying, since that day, my life has been a mess. I drink snacks, I dream hyenas, and it's like I'm going berserk. Sometimes I lose my mind. And I said, if the devil has got ability to use tricks to enter windows, let the presence of God be upon our lives. Say, so I decree and I declare, as I pray this afternoon, I prophesy the only presence of God over my life, over my business, at my workplace, in my house, in my car. Say, so I decree and I declare, as I walk around, I'm protected by the presence of God. And I declare that devil will touch me. You won't temper with my life. Say this, I pray right now. Any point of contact that devil has that represents me in the realms of the spirit, I send fire. I send fire. Say I decree and I declare. If I pray right now, any artifacts. lost by negligence, by mistake, that the devil is stolen from me, so as to use as a point of contact to control my life, to control my destiny, to control my dreams, to control my vision. If I pray, I set fire, I set fire. Somebody lift up your voice, get this and push. I know that you lost your blouse, I know that you lost your skirt, you lost your trousers, you lost your shirt. Right now, you got to pray, you got to pray. No more incantations against life. Jacota, Panacosa, Libra Panacos, Inta Cabarita, Ali Pons, Victor Kalima Hasto. Come on, somebody lift up your voice and push. Licosum Jacota in the Rota, Licota Capanos, Inta Cabarota, Jacatos, Inta Cabarato. That's why when Jesus Christ stepped in Gathering, Genesis, 
the demon that was the watchman of Gadarene said, this one is the son of God. Why have you come to destroy us before our time? He did not even say, I'm Jesus. He did not even, uh, he wrapped himself through posters. But his presence in a territory, it made the angels, demons, and people to feel him. Not only demons, but the people that were making man out of a legion, they felt that Jesus around. And they said, tell him to cross back from where he's coming from. We want to pray that, you know, whenever we step anywhere we are going to step, our presence should be felt. I read about uh, Reynard Bonke, that whenever he would enter a territory, demons, they would start to cry before even he arrives. We simply means that if he is flying and is at Oara Temple and is about to do a crusade in Houghton, demons in Houghton will start to shake. That is the God with us type of dimension that we want God to, to, to help us with. Are we together? You know, distance is not a barrier. I was, I was talking on, on Wednesday of a certain lady that I helped in Cape Town. This lady, she ran away from home. She's coming from Zimbabwe. And when Daddy died, Daddy had said she was supposed to take over because her father was a Sangoma. So she was supposed to take over. And she said, no, I'm going to run away. And I don't want all those stuff and all the things that Daddy was using to consult. And she went to Cape Town. And the father was using a water spirit to consult. One day, she was relating a story because we went to Misenberg Beach and uh, she left uh, staying, uh, sitting in the car and we even asked the husband and said why is it she's sitting in the car why can't she come because the car was parked three kilometers away from the beach and said there's something that transpired to her i'm just telling you this to stimulate your faith and we said what transpired and went back to the car i was with one of my apostle friends and we said woman what transpired in life she said one day i was by the beach sleeping on the scent, uh, drinking my um, Coca-Cola and some other people that were with, with, uh, in the shadows of the waters. As I was sleeping there, a wave came, it skipped all the people and I was sleeping 500 meters away from the waters. And it came and it picked me while I was sleeping on the ascent and it threw me into the sea. And I said, from that day, I said, I will never get near the waters. And I said, but there must be a story behind what you're telling me. What happened and what transpired? They said, I nearly died. It's only the pay uh, watchers that helped me. And she said, you know what happened is this. Before my father died, I was supposed to take over because it's a woman. Then I refused. So I thought by coming to Cape Town, uh, the spirits are not going to connect with me. But I didn't know that there's no barrier in the realms of the spirit. So then when she was rescued from the water, she started to manifest and say, I'm the father. You cannot run away from me. And I said, really? Then we helped her, we prayed together, and God delivered her. So it was not easy. So it's a lesson to me through experience that I can be coming from Ethiopia, I can be coming from uh, Jamaica, and I fly to South Africa to start a new life. As long as there are spirits that are speaking against me from my family, they will always connect with me. So right now we want to pray that you know the God with us dimension should start to operate so that when the spirit tries to communicate and connect with you, that dimension will create a force field around you. That is spiritual force field. That they will not hit you. They will try. But 
they will not touch you. And they'll go back with the report. We said this, this person should be poor or should be dead. Why is she still alive? And the demons will, will give a report and say there's a protection. Like what the devil said unto God that, you know, I have tried to touch Job, but there's a hedge. That hedge is the force field, the spirit of force field. So we want to pray for that dimension. So I decree and I declare. Yes, I pray right now. Yes, I pray right now. I prophesy the Emmanuel dimension over my life. That God with us dimension over my life. Put your hands together and start to declare. Command, 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 and pray. Command and pray. Command, 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 then we want to pray as we are still continuing to pray. Let's pray for the Shekinah dimension. Come on, somebody put your hands to pray. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we thank you, we bless you, we give you all the glory, we honor you, in Jesus' mighty name, we bless you, amen and amen. Amen.